Welcome to the Portugal 2018 World Cup podcast as a Selassal earned a hard-fought 1-0 win against Morocco, courtesy of Ronaldo's fourth goal of the tournament. The win puts Portugal on four points after their opening 3-3 draw with Spain, who occupy first position, courtesy of a yellow card. My name is Matthew Marshall. Joining me, as always, is Tom Cundit. Tom, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Good to talk all things Selassal. Yep, the World Cup's getting interesting now. Mourinho Peixoto is back. Mourinho, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Yeah, pleasure to be here. All right, let's get this show on the road and talk about this 1-0 victory over Morocco, courtesy of an early Cristiano Ronaldo header after he was left unmarked from a corner routine. Tom, how did you see the game? Pretty hard watching, wasn't it, from a Portugal fan's point of view. I think we were all expecting much better. Uh, I suppose the first thing you have to say is all credit to Morocco. They were, they were fantastic. It was interesting at the end, Cristiano Ronaldo said uh, he was surprised at the intensity that Morocco showed from first minute to last. And I think that's what really surprised me. I actually tweeted at half-time, I can't see Morocco keeping up this uh, you know, incredible running and pressing all throughout the 90 minutes. I think they will in the last 20 minutes or so. But they didn't. You know, They kept going right into the end. You really have to say that Portugal rode their luck, didn't really play well at all, uh, but they got the win. They got the all-important win. Yeah, Mourinho, Morocco were always going to be difficult opponent. Uh, Hakim Zayek and Yunus Belhanda, obviously the main weapons there, but Norden Amrabat had also had a, a good game. How did you see this match? Yeah, I mean, much like Tom said, um, I was pretty disheartened by Portugal's display. Morocco were first to every single ball. They looked like they wanted it more. But at the same time, we, we got the win and we got a clean sheet, so who am I to complain that much? Obviously, the the performance wasn't that encouraging, and it does worry me for the next game. But like we did in the year 2016, you just have to take it game by game. And if we can grind out results like we did then, then who am I to complain? A lot of deja vu, isn't it, really, with the, the, yeah. the feeling after this game? Uh, switching to a few TV stations after the game, you, you would have thought Portugal had lost by the negativity by some of the, the commentary, but uh, maybe we'll get on to that later. Let's just go through the side, hey? We'll start from the back with uh, Rui Patricio, and I thought he had a, a very strong game, particularly at the beginning of the second half. He made a, a couple of important saves there. Didn't really put a foot wrong all game. Tom, is, is that how you saw it here with uh, Portugal's number one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were all a little bit worried, weren't we, with everything which is going on with him at Sporting. Well, he's now transferred to Wolves, and... Uh, you're all worried at how he would be from a mental point of view, but he just proved he's uh, you know, fantastically strong, psychologically speaking. He was faultless, really. I made him the man of the match. That was an absolutely brilliant save from that header by Madania in the second half. And, yeah, no complaints at all. Just, just to go back a little bit, it's very interesting what you said when you were flicking through the TV channels. I heard a Portuguese commentator say something which I think was very pertinent yesterday. He said... Portugal drew against Spain, but it felt like a victory. And Portugal beat Morocco, but it felt a little bit like a defeat, mm. which I think is right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, on the question, Patricia, fantastic. No complaints. Let's hope he keeps it up all tournaments. Yeah, certainly um, consistent during the game and hasn't put a foot really wrong. Let's move up to the defence here, and I'll just give my quick uh, few cents. I thought Cedric was pretty pretty strong. Pepe and Font really didn't do that much wrong throughout the game. Although there was quite a few free kicks coming into the box that, that really just, you know, landed nicely and, and Morocco had some, some fantastic chances from those sort of opportunities. I guess the main talking point here in the defence is uh, Rafael Guerreiro who had a really horrid 
time against Norton Amrabat here. He was t targeted time and time again, put into isolated situations, was getting very little help from Jose Font or Joao Mario or indeed anybody else. He had a very, very difficult game here, Tom. How did you, uh, how did you see this one from Raphael? Came to see, wasn't it? He? he just got uh, really absolutely roasted time and again. Uh, he was a, a bit unlucky because uh, Amrabat, he was, he was fantastic, wasn't he? He was strong, he was skillful and really had the beating of a Guerrero almost every time. Joao Mario, which had a you know, really quite dreadful game, I think, along with Bernardo Silva, but I'm sure we'll move on to that a bit later. But uh, he really didn't, you know, if, if he can't get things going in attack, you'd at least expect him to give uh, Guerrero support, especially seeing, you know, as he was having so much trouble. But he just got no support at all. So uh, I feel a bit sorry for him in that respect. We all know he's a, he's a fantastic talent. But uh, there's no doubt about it. Yesterday, he was uh, that, that side of Portugal's defence was a real liability. And, you know, the, when the, the players were, Morocco players were just cutting past him, getting to the line, cutting those crosses back, you know, it was just his heart stopping time every time. We thought one of those could end up in the back of the net. Let's just hope he, he steps up because I think, I think Guerrero is the number one left back. I can't really see Fernando Santos dropping him. So I think it's a question of trying to give him more support. I think uh, Guerrero was definitely the talking point of the defensive line in this game. Mourinho, would you like to answer a question here from Reginaldo Rosario, who asks, would we entertain the idea of moving Guerrero forward and bringing either Ricardo Pereira or Mario Rui into left-back, which he thinks would uh, shore up the left-hand side? Um, I mean, like Tom said, I don't think Mario Rui is anywhere near as good as Rafael Guerrero. Um, but having said that, Guerrero plays as like a left central midfielder for Dortmund and has done very well in that position. Um, but at the same time, I can't really see him bringing Ricardo Pereira, who is a right back, into a left back position when we have another left back there. And Guerrero has always been his go-to man. He's always performed incredibly well. And I think yesterday was an off day for him. Like He should have done better in his one-on-one -on -one battles with Amrabat, but he got no help whatsoever. I thought Sanz would have rectified it at half-time, but it was just the same thing as soon as the second half kicked off. So no, I can't really see that happening in all honesty. I think Grado will still start. What were your thoughts just on the other three defenders there, Mourinho? Any, any thoughts on Font, Pep or Cedric? Um, I thought, I mean, they were relatively solid given how like, attacking Morocco were and given how dangerous they looked every time they attacked Portugal. They did well not to concede a goal. I mean, any centre-back performance where you don't concede a goal is a successful one, even if they do look shaky at times and even if they are at sixes and sevens. Um, I thought Cedric was probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, he was beaten by his man a couple of times early on, but he reacted really well. Just kept getting stronger and stronger defensively, and he shut down Morocco's left-hand side. Guerrero was obviously the weak link, but I don't think that was entirely his fault. OK, well, it's interesting. I'm sure Fernando Santos has been working on that in training and contemplating maybe giving Mario Rui a game. We'll have to see what happens. We know that Guerrero hasn't played much throughout the season, but he was just so, so wide open and Portugal can't let that happen again. All right, let's move up to the midfield. Uh, we'll start centrally. William Carvalho and João Moutinho. A couple of solid games, I thought, here. João Moutinho popping up for that assist and generally working pretty hard in the, in the centre of the park. Tom, how did you see these two guys? Yeah, I think João Moutinho has been Portugal's best player at this World Cup, bar the obvious exception of Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. Uh, I thought he was the only one who... Uh, kind of tried to disrupt uh, the Spain's amazing midfield in that first game. And I thought yesterday, also, he had another good game. Uh, uh, William also, I would say, had a quite a good game yesterday, I thought. It's interesting, isn't it, when you look at the whole 
team and how they've performed so far. There's quite a clear, you can make quite a clear distinction between uh, the, the older guys or the more experienced players and the younger ones. It seems like most of the experienced players are showing that experience and they seem much calmer, just seem to be performing much nearer to their capacities. You know, players like Moutinho, of course, uh, Rui Patricio, uh, Font and Pep, you know, they're all, um, Ronaldo, of course, they're all, you know, look like they're, they're at home at the World Cup, you know, they're not overawed. In contrast, You've got players like uh, Bernardo Silva and uh, Ged and Bruno Fernandes who really look a little bit overwhelmed. In general, I think William and Moutinho, I think those two players individually have actually done a good job. Mourinho, did uh, William Carvalho and Jean Moutinho get the credit they deserved after this match, do you think? I think Moutinho did, yeah. He was voted man of the match on a number of like statistical websites. Um, I think William got a lot of hate which I thought was a little bit unjust. I think a lot of people don't like his performances because he does look quite lethargic at times because he does move slowly, but he does break up play incredibly well and he still does distribute the ball well. He was one of the only players yesterday who was actually trying to get the ball down and play. Um, but on the back of what Tom said with the young players, I think what's been quite surprising to me is that the only players that have performed well thus far are the ones that play centrally. So the centre-backs, the centre-mids and Ronaldo. All of those that are playing out wide, so left back, right back, and then the wide positions are the ones that have struggled. So for me, I feel like it might be something to do with the formation. I, I, I don't really know right now, but that's, that's what I've been thinking. That's what I definitely thought yesterday after the game. It was really noticeable. Okay, interesting perspectives there that, yeah, essentially is a bit more consistent and also the experienced players showing a bit more um, consistency out there on the pitch. Let's let's go wide and start off with Bernardo Silva. And, well, I'll just try and sum this up by saying he was bad in this game. Just constantly losing the ball, getting getting caught in possession a lot, sloppy passing, wayward passing, really minimal uh, contribution going forward, everything backwards or, or sideways. He was marked well. You've got to give Morocco credit, especially the young uh, left-back there, Hakimi. But still... I thought Bernardo had a, had a, a shocker, really, here. I hate to say it, but, Tom, that's, that's the way I saw it. What were your thoughts on, on Bernardo against Morocco? Yeah, can't really argue with a word you said there. I did the player ratings article after the game, and I made him Portugal's worst performer. And, again, you know, I don't like to single people out. And uh, Bernardo Silva, we've all got great expectations for him. He's a fantastic talent. But yesterday, he didn't do himself justice at all. He was really... Uh, I have to agree with you, a disastrous performer. It was interesting because first couple of minutes, he'd actually had a quite a good move, a typical Bernardo Silva move, cutting inside from the right, uh, I think getting a shot off. And then, of course, he was part of that corner routine, which led, led to the goal. I think I tweeted, uh, uh, Bernardo looks in the mood today. And it's quite funny, a bit later, someone came back at me and uh, retweeted that. And they said, this tweet hasn't aged well, has it? <laughs> Because uh, basically, he just, uh, from that moment onwards, you know, fourth minute or whatever, he really did have a bit of a disaster. One thing you expect from Bernardo is, you know, crisp passing, accurate passing, but all his passes were just so wayward and, and no creativity, which is really his, uh, you know, his, strong, his strongest point. He's such a creative player. And uh, you, as in a very interesting point that Mourinho brought up about the wide players, I think, you know, I, I hadn't actually thought of that, but I think his it's bang on because uh, really Bernardo Silva, you can kind of, a lot of people say his best position should be a number 10, uh, you know, more centrally. But uh, 
if we look at it, basically he's played in that position for Monaco, I think, most of the time. Certainly for Manchester City, that's his position out wide and then cutting in on the left. But uh, he just didn't do, didn't do himself justice at all. And I suppose the only thing we can say is that uh, we all know the talent there. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's just a question of uh, you know, trying to get over nerves or, or something like that. Yeah, Bernardo Silva against Morocco, Mourinho. How'd you see this one? Yeah, I was quite disappointed because obviously prior to the tournament, I thought he was going to be one of Portugal's breakout stars. But in the last, not even just yesterday against Spain as well, he just doesn't look himself. He doesn't look composed. He doesn't know what he's going to do when he gets the ball. He, like you said, he'll either go backwards or sideways. He won't try and go forward. He won't create like we see him do for Man City week in, week out. Um, so, I've, I mean, I don't know why it is. Obviously, he is phenomenally talented. It must be a confidence thing. Maybe he's not getting enough support down the right-hand side. He can't do him by himself. I mean, yesterday he was physically bullied and caused him to go backwards and sideways and try and play simple. But then even even then, he still couldn't do that particularly well. He still lost the ball and still couldn't make the simplest of passes. The talent is obviously there. I mean, I think it would be kind of foolish to not play a player that has the quality that he does. I mean, he can still have an off day and he can still produce something ridiculous. Um, I just think it's entirely down to confidence, something which Fernando Sanchez needs to address in the coming days in training. Well, let's just hope this is a one-off, but no doubt that Bernardo was, was uh, really unable to make much of a positive impact in this match and deservedly uh, subbed off on the hour mark. Let's move over to Joao Mario, who came back in for Bruno Fernandes and struggled to get into the game, I thought. Really couldn't make an impact that, that, that he usually does. Tom, what were your thoughts on, yeah. on Joao Mario here? Yeah, not much different to Bernardo, really. You know, again, just didn't really do what he does well, which is, uh, you know, move the ball fast, um, link up well with the attack, uh, give support to, uh, you know, in a, in a defensive side of the game, which he normally does all of that very competently. Uh, yesterday just couldn't get into the game at all. Uh, and it was a bit of a surprise because, of course, he'd come into this game. He didn't play against Spain, but he'd come into the pre-season uh, to the pre-tournament friendlies looking very good. Even ended the season quite well for West Ham. So, uh, you know, a lot of people were actually quite surprised when he didn't start the first game against Spain. But I don't know, maybe uh, Fernando Santos saw something in training that uh, went for Bruno Fernandes instead. Mario came back to this game, but again, really very disappointing. I think the most disappointing thing, like I said earlier, is that he didn't really seem to process or register, or I don't know if it was a question of instructions from Fernando Santos, but Rafael Guerrero was so obvious that he was just getting absolutely hammered and he needed help badly. And the, the, the player who should have done that of his position on the pitch was Raul Mario and he just wasn't he was just kind of wandering a little you know 20 or 30 yards further up the, the field instead of dropping back to try and double up on the you know the player who was given uh you know Amrabat or even the the, the, the Moroccan yeah. uh, right back yeah who were just giving Gadeo such a torrid time so yeah again very disappointing from Joao Mario you really have to say but similar to Bernardo we all know he's a fantastic talent he can do so much better so it's a question of confidence again let's hope that uh, you know he sorts sorts himself out for the next game Mourinho we, we both saw this coming it wasn't a, a difficult one to be honest but Joao Mario coming back in for Bruno Fernandes uh, can you explain his lacklustre performance here he, he couldn't do anything particularly well going forward usually he's really good in transitions because he's a powerful runner 
Um, he's not as creative as Bruno Fernandes, so I, I thought that made sense. He could transition the ball from midfield to attack and then let the Magic players, that Ronaldo, Gonzalo Gerge, Bernardo Silva do their thing, but he, he couldn't do that yesterday. And that's partly down to Morocco's high press. They, they were tenacious in their press. They didn't give Portugal a second on the ball. Um, but like Tom said, I mean, if it's not going well for you going forward in an attacking sense, then you need to make sure you fulfill your defensive duties. And he did not do that at all. So for me, I, I personally thought he should have been the first substitute. I think Bernardo Silva was. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it was a pretty torrid display from him as well, just like Bernardo Silva. Tactically, sometimes playing these players who are more central midfielders on the left side, you know, Fernando Santos might not be doing some of these guys many favours. You know, uh, I know João Mario has played there quite a bit and he's been successful there. I'm just trying to think of a common denominator and, and, and you know, put it all together. And if you remember, Andre Gomez struggled a lot there as well. But it's something we might have to look at moving forward. But, yeah, I thought João Mario was... was, was and I've been, I'm a huge fan of his. I've been talking him up big time. But, yeah, it wasn't one of his, uh, his better games here against Morocco. Let's move up to the top two. And Gonzalo Gedge had a fantastic chance in the first half. Ronaldo put him through, and he shot, unfortunately, little too close to the Moroccan goalkeeper. But he was all over the place here, Tom. I haven't looked at his heat map, but he was on the left side, the right side, playing up top. One of the reasons um, I'm guessing he's keeping Andre Silva out of the side is his versatility. Yeah, and I think of these uh, you know, younger players who have been largely disappointing for Portugal so far. I think Geds has probably been the best of them. Uh, even yesterday, you know, he's missed a few chances, which of course, as a, playing as a striker, uh, that's what, uh, you know, you have to put some of those away. He's had three good chances now in this World Cup, hasn't scored any. But I think, uh, you know, in contrast to Bernardo and João Mario, we were just talking about, he, he really made himself useful to the team. He dropped back a lot. He actually won quite a few balls, uh, uh, dropping back into midfield, you know, more than Mario and, uh, and Bernardo, for example. Uh, and he, there were signs, I thought. There were some good signs of uh, starting to get some chemistry with Ronaldo. Uh, you know, one or two good flicks and combinations between the two. So, yeah, I thought he did reasonably well. Not quite the Geds, you know, the kind of flamboyant, uh, gallivanting Geds we, we all want to see. And we've seen for Valencia this season. Again, it's, uh, this possibly is a, a question of uh, tactics. Uh, Fernando Santos, which is very interesting, has been has been insisting on playing Geds as a central striker. And Geds actually said in one of the interviews pre-tournament, and that's where he's been training since he's been at the Portugal camp for this World Cup as a striker. So a lot of people are calling for him to be moved back to his natural position, I suppose you can say, on the left side of midfield or as a, a genuine winger. Uh, I don't know if that will help improve his performances. I don't know if... Fernando Santos is going to insist on playing him, you know, where he is. Because, like I said, there are, I think there are some signs that this could be an interesting partnership. Uh, I suppose it's a question of where do you get the, the most out of Geds. I'll leave that one to Mourinho. Yeah, Mourinho, uh, Geds keeps his spot here against Morocco ahead of uh, Andre Silva. How did you make his, uh, his performance? I, th- I think he did okay. He wasn't great on the ball, nor was he great against Spain on the ball. He seems very nervous when he gets the ball. Like he had that chance yesterday in the second half. 
where he fluffed it and it came to Ronaldo and then Ronaldo smashed over when he should have done far better. Um, but I think his movement and the way in which he harasses the opponents when they have the ball has been pretty impressive. Um, but you expect more from a player that has the quality that Gonzalo Gage has, especially given the season that he's just had. Um, and on the back of what Tom just said, I, I still he's amazing on the left and he has been for Valencia, but they play a different system to us. Even though it is a 4-4-2, they have actual out-and-out wingers out wide, whereas we tend to opt for more central midfielders playing in a narrow 4-4-2, so it's quite different. Um, but I, I still think he's a very good partnership for Ronaldo. He does a lot of Ronaldo's dirty work for him, whereas Andres Silva will be a bit more... He's, he's less mobile. He, he'll be more the focal point, and Ronaldo will then have to make up for the work. Um, but I, I just think he needs confidence, just the same as all of our young players. They seem to be lacking that confidence at the moment. And I'm not sure why. Maybe maybe they're just a bit too green to be in a World Cup. Maybe they're they're just too nervous because it's the biggest stage of them all. I'm not sure. But I, I have been calling for Gets to be a striker for some time now. So I, I honestly, in my opinion, I think he should start the next game up top alongside Ronaldo again. Yeah, I thought it was a good performance from, from Gates and another important step in his development. And uh, no real problems for me with uh, with Gonzalo here against Morocco. What about Ronaldo then, Tom? The fourth goal of the tournament with a, a nice uh, evasion of the central defender. That's uh, one of one of Ronaldo's many specialties. And uh, another strong all-round performance here from the captain. I mean, uh, like the baller headline the other day, uh, which just after the Spain game just had... Uh, Ronaldo, a picture of him wheeling away after scoring that free kick against Spain with the simple headline, uh, lost for words. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's true, what can you say about him? It's just, uh, I'm just so glad he's Portuguese. It's, just, uh, it's been phenomenal, this, uh, you know, this World Cup so far. Yesterday, again, uh, fantastic movement for that goal. That's the sort of goal which looks simple, but when you have a look at the replay, you just, uh, it's actually really well worked. Good also contributions from Pep and Font the way they moved, uh, dragging the Moroccan defenders with them and leaving a bit of space. And if you leave Cristiano Ronaldo a little bit of space in the penalty area, uh, there's only likely to be one outcome. Uh, also, a lovely little pass for uh, to set up the Gates chance, a uh, little death chip. Uh, he had that other chance, of course, that she ballooned over, which I was really surprised at because probably his only mistake in 180 minutes of football so far. So, yeah, what can you say about Ronaldo? He looks fantastic. Just hope kind of makes you think, doesn't it, if the other players do step up or if the team as a whole uh, kind of finds its cohesion, uh, this, uh, you know, how good could Portugal be? Because we all hate it when people say uh, Portugal, uh, when outsiders generally say Portugal are just Ronaldo. Uh, you have to say at this World Cup so far, a lot of that criticism has to be justified. You know, if it wasn't for Ronaldo, I should have to think where Portugal would have been at this point. Uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Mourinho, uh, Ronaldo, another important goal here for Portugal. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sparing the rest of the team's blushes, really, isn't he? He just he just shows up. He doesn't have to do an awful lot in the game. Even though against Spain, he did. He was amazing. He started many counter-attacks. But yesterday, we were far less able on the ball. We couldn't string barely five or six passes together without Morocco winning the ball back. Um, but he was great, like Tom said. He didn't do an awful lot. He played that lovely little ball into Gerge, who should have done a bit better. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of annoying because I've always tried to argue that Portugal aren't a one-man team. But like Tom said, I mean, right now, without him, I really would hate to think where we would be at in this group right at this moment in time. 
Yeah, there's not much you can say about uh, Ronaldo, really. We've been watching it for many years. I'm very happy that he is Portuguese. Let's go to some questions. A couple here about the midfield relating to um, a possible return to the team of Andre Silva. Speaker Slam asks, uh, how does the midfield get fixed and should we see Andre Silva up top? And Nuno Teixeira asks, how about Geds on the left and Andre Silva up Tom, Tom, you want to have a crack there? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Because... Of course, in some ways, I feel a little bit sorry for Andre Silva because he was absolutely superb during qualifying. Did a, uh, you know, built this incredible chemistry with Ronaldo. They just seemed to click uh, virtually every game they were together. Scored 24 goals between them in nine games in qualifying. You know, and but it wasn't just the goals; they just uh, combined beautifully. Uh, and he is, uh, you know, he had that very disappointing season at Milan, and he's just fallen out of the picture. I think we've just discussed Geds. You know, he hasn't been brilliant so far, but I think he's done okay. Fernando Santos seems to have made, decided in his head that that is his number one partnership. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll change that. I think he'll persist it in the hope that that just gets better and better. Putting Geds on the left, as we've talked, a lot of people have talked about this. It's also a way of getting Geds and Silva and Ronaldo on the pitch at the same time, which, uh, you know, in principle, you would have thought perhaps gives Portugal more firepower. Uh, but if we think about it, that would just be basically Santos admitting, uh, you know, he's got it wrong. Not really even from the point of view of being stubborn, but just from the point of view of everything they've trained and worked on since the training, you know, since the World Cup training camp has started. I can't really see him throwing all of that out and starting from scratch. And so I actually do think that uh, Gonzalo Guedes will probably uh, remain Ronaldo's uh, strike partner for the next match. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, Mourinho is uh, Gage out to the left wing and, and Andre Silva up top, a, a possible solution for some of the difficulties we've seen against Morocco? I mean, I think it could be, and especially for the Turan game, because as we saw against Spain yesterday, they like to sit back and they defend in numbers. Um, and we all know how Portugal find it incredibly difficult to break down teams that do that. Um, so Gage on the left in that regard could, could prove to be pretty good. I just don't know whether that is going to actually happen. Like Tom said, I don't think Sancho is going to throw out all he's been working on in training out of the window. I mean, if we if we'd have lost the game, then yeah, I think he would have. But we have four points. We have a draw against Spain, and we we beat Morocco yesterday. So we're on course to be doing what we should be doing as a team, even though we haven't played particularly well yet. Um, but but I mean, yeah, maybe if if he sees that the tactics haven't gone the way he planned, then he might make a change. But in all honesty, Sancho is a man that sticks to his morals and sticks to his beliefs. So I, I can't really see Ender De Silva starting over Gedge on Monday. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I can see why Sancho would contemplate it. And to be honest, if I saw Gedge on the left and Andre Silva up top, you know, I think that would be a decent idea, especially you could test it against Iran. So we'll see what happens. Tom, question from Miguel Jr. Now, uh, why does this Portuguese team hate possession so much? It looks like they'd rather push the ball upfield with long balls instead of controlling it with passes and wait for openings. Accuracy of the passing is very bad, he says. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Of course, Portugal traditionally have been a counter-attacking side, but with all this, uh, you know, superbly talented midfielders, very good passers as well, the kind of thought was that they'd naturally evolve into more of a possession-based side hasn't happened at all this World Cup. I think one reason for it is the way the, 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 way the games have gone in terms of the goals. Uh, against Spain, okay, any side against Spain are going to struggle for possession, but when you score after 
three minutes or four minutes, that, that just accentuated the situation. And so I think that was kind of natural that Portugal had very little possession in that game. Uh, yeah, yesterday, again, you know, I think it's very disappointing. Quite a few individuals just didn't perform at all. Uh, but again, the early goal, I think, made quite a big difference. Uh, you know, Portugal scored after four minutes again. Curiously, it's the you know, exact same time they scored in the first two games. And uh, that does affect, I think, the mentality. And even subconsciously, you know, Portugal were kind of quite happy to let Morocco come at them. And, uh, you know, didn't really take the game by the scruff of the neck. Also, we have to remember that Morocco, uh, I think this is one of the reasons they managed to keep up their intensity throughout the 19th minutes. They were fighting for their lives. You know, they knew they needed to win, really. Even a draw would have been quite tough for them, but they needed the results. So they were just uh, harrying Portugal non-stop, start to finish, and that really made it difficult for Portugal. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the hope is with these... Uh, Superbly talented uh, passing midfielders that Portugal has, they will tend to evolve into more of a side that takes the initiative and you know is happy to have the ball at their feet. But I think the main reason that hasn't happened so far is simply because of the way the you know the early goals. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Mourinho. What's your thoughts on the statement that Portugal hate possession? Uh, I don't think it's true at all. I think the opposition we've come up against have been a big factor in that. Obviously, we're not going to dominate possession against a team like Spain. I don't think any national team in the world will be able to do so. Um, and as for Morocco, like Tom said, they're fighting for their lives. They were far more tenacious than we were. They were more desperate than we were. They were fighting for their lives. So that that wasn't surprising on, on my behalf. What surprised me was the lack of cohesion in the midfield and how I don't know, just, they just weren't looking like the usual players we see when they're in possession. They're usually calm, relaxed, incisive through balls, intricate balls. But none of that happened yesterday. But as we've seen in the recent friendlies and in the qualifiers, Portugal are a very good possession-based side and we can dominate games through our possession. We have the players to do so. We have phenomenally talented players who boast like one of the, some of the best technical prowesses in the world. So, so, yeah, I don't think that's true at all. They don't hate possession. I think those two games were just free games. And I think and hope that against Iran, it will be back to normal. Okay, well said, guys. I don't have too much to add there. I think you covered it quite well. The only thing I I find a little frustrating is that sometimes Portugal play a really effective press in the opposition half and then they retreat quite you know, a long way into their own half and, and allow uh, the opposition way too much easy ball. We saw it in the Confederations Cup. It's something that annoys me a bit but you can kind of understand it with, with Santos's mindset and, and in situations when Portugal are, uh, are winning the game. It's time to look a little bit forward now to the Iran match. We've got a question here from the Portuguese Birda, who asks, how should we line up against Iran? Although Iran parked the bus today, they were great and did have a couple of counter-attacking chances. This will be a difficult game, and uh, Portugal can't play like today. Tom, you want to start off with perhaps putting your uh, managerial hat on and and predicting some, some changes to the team here? seemed like uh, Portugal are quite a settled side, of course, just with one change between the first uh, between the first game and the second game. But the uh, fact of the matter is they haven't really performed very well. And they were, well, let's just face it, they were poor yesterday against Morocco. So you would have thought that that would signal uh, you know, the need for some changes. Uh, what will happen? 
Again, Jelson Martin didn't really do himself many favours when he came on yesterday, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him start get the start perhaps just to add some speed to this uh, you know, to this uh, Portugal team, especially in midfield. You know, you've got Geds, but if he spends most of his time up top, he's not really having a chance to use his phenomenal speed. Uh, same with Ronaldo. And the midfield, although they're all extravagantly talented, uh, none of them are very fast. Uh, they're not fast at all. So, uh, and Bernardo Silva, you know, he just seems so off form in this game. Uh, I think this would be sacrilege for me to, to suggest this before the tournament starts, but I actually wouldn't be too surprised if Bernardo started on the bench and Jelson uh, Martins got that uh, right wing spot. Uh, apart from that, uh, not, perhaps not too many changes. I think Joao Moutinho and William, I think, like I said, I think they've probably been two of Portugal's best performers so far, so I can't really see them changing at all. Uh, on the left, uh, Bruno Fernandes or Joao Mario. That's, an, that's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Because none of them, have, neither of them, have played too well. Uh, I think the defence will be the same. I think uh, I can't really see any changes there. So yeah, I think for me, I wouldn't be surprised to see pretty much the same team, but perhaps Jelson Martins Martin come in for Bernardo and. Uh, Fernando, I think, as for Bruno Fernandes or Joao Mario on the left, I think that's just a coin toss. Okay, what about you, Mourinho? This is a good opportunity for Santos to make some changes, really. His last opportunity to give some of the the fringe players a run. What would you do in his position here? I think, personally, the back line would stay the same. But, in my opinion, I would play Ricardo Pereira over Cedric, purely because Iran are likely to sit back and Cedric. We know Cedric, how good he is defensively, but offensively, he's not as good as Ricardo Pereira, and he will offer a lot more pace down that right-hand side, which we sometimes lack, because Bernard Silva likes to cut in a lot, and it leaves that right-hand side very isolated and very predictable. So if you have Ricardo Pereira bombing down that right-hand side, like we see him do time and time again for Porto this season, then I think that will that will give us the opportunity to unlock their defence somewhat. Um, as for the rest of the team, I think, like Tom said, William and Martinho are great. I can't see anyone else starting over them. Um, I do think Bernard Silva will still start. I think the qualities that he has will be able to unlock Iran's defence. Like I said before, even if he doesn't have the best game ever, he has the ability to do something ridiculous. And Portugal definitely need that at the moment because we look stuck for ideas when we're attacking. Um, on the left-hand side, I would personally go for Bruno Fernandes, purely because he's more creative. Joel Mary is more of a transition player, like I said before. Um, and I think if he, if he is on his day, like, he can do the sort of thing we saw against Spain. I mean, yeah, he didn't have the best game in the world, but we saw glimpses of what he is able to do. And he's going to have a lot more time on the ball against Iran. He's going to see a lot more of the ball against Iran than he did against Spain. Um, and then, yeah, I'd start Gedge and Ronaldo up top. Okay, well, yeah, there's just so many different ways Santos could be could go or could be thinking here. I, I, I think you have to take Bernardo out um, just to give him a, a rest and a, and, and a freshen up here. I'm not a huge fan of, of Jelson Martins, but I, you know I'll take what you guys say on board, and and I can see that uh, you know he does have the potential to get into dangerous positions and do some do some damage to the to the opposition. João Mario or Bruno Fernandes are still yeah it's, it's, it's a coin toss, and Rafael I'm not sure if you bring him out. I think you'd concentrate more on on you know giving him some help and figuring out a way to stop him being so isolated. 
And I think with, with Gedge, it, it's clear now that his versatility just offers so much more to the team than than uh, than Andre Silva. Uh, but still, you know, I wouldn't really be that surprised if, if Santosh does go for it and, and throw Gedge on the on the left, who's shown he, he can track back very effectively and bring Andre Silva in. You know, that might be might be a solution. And this is one of his last chances really. It's it's not a not a gimme game. Bit of a bit of a danger game, but still he can't take many chances. But this is his last opportunity to to unearth a gem, maybe that can be a star for Portugal uh, in the knockout rounds. Okay, we've got a couple more questions here, guys. Razor Main, who asks, who would you prefer to face in the round of 16, Uruguay or Russia, and why? Oh, it's a good question. That is not sure if there's too much between them, really. I saw the first saw both Russia games. I saw the first Uruguay game. Uh, against Egypt, which uh, a lot of people criticised them for, didn't weren't too impressed. But I actually were quite impressed with them. They only went at one nil, but had about five or six really good chances. They could have just uh, thrashed Egypt quite easily that game. Uh, Suarez had an off day. <clears throat> you know, he could have scored a, a hat trick in that game. So they look a really dangerous team. And of course, uh, Russia, who no one was, uh, I think, least of all the, the Russian journalists were expecting to do anything this tournament. Uh, they've looked great, haven't they? And of course. We've seen it before when a host country starts getting a, you know, a head of steam, they can be uh, very dangerous. And so I think both of those sides would be very dangerous. I'm not too sure uh, who would be best for Portugal. I'm not too sure it really makes any difference. Uh, I'd put them more or less at the same level. I suppose Uruguay, player for player, uh, you know, you have to say they, they look like the, the, more, uh, you know, the more dangerous side, the side with the the potential to go deeper in this tournament. But uh, again, uh, playing against the host country, never easy. So in my opinion, I don't think it actually makes too much difference uh, in terms of Portugal's chances, who they, who they get in the next round. I think it would be good for Portugal to finish top, not because of who they get in the next round, but should they then progress, uh, who will be waiting for them in the quarters and the semis. So uh, in terms of these two, uh, bring it on. As long as we get through, uh, I don't really care who it is. I've watched most of the games, and and Russia definitely riding riding that that, that host uh, country wave of enthusiasm. It's fantastic to see. They were terrible. (laughs) Well, they've been terrible for, for so long, building up to this competition, but they couldn't have asked for a better opener against easily one of the worst two sides in the in the competition in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they got some much-needed confidence in that game. And uh, Egypt, you know, Salah was really nowhere near 100% here. And, and and they did well. Three quick goals after half-time. They've got options with Dezuba, Smolov up front. Cheryshev is, is playing great after coming in for Jagowiv. And they're going to be a danger team for sure. They've still got to play Uruguay, obviously. And, and Uruguay, well... They just can't really seem to get that urgency and drive from from midfield to support um, Suarez and, and, and Cavani. A few difficulties there, but certainly a danger team and so solid at the back with that Atletico Madrid partnership of of Godin and, and Jimenez. Uh, Mourinho, what's your thoughts on potential uh, opposition if Portugal get to the next round? I'm not too fussed with either. I mean, we're capable of beating either of them and it's the knockout so it doesn't matter who we face it's one game at a time we shouldn't be worried about the opponent per se uh one thing i will say though is it depends on the outcome of the uruguay russia game if russia do win that game then morale is going to be at an all-time high 
Um, and obviously, it's, they're the host nation, so it's going to be very difficult for us with the atmosphere. The crowd's going to be 90, 95% Russians if we do end up playing them, if we get out of the groups, of course. Um, so, yeah, but I, I don't mind either or, to be honest. We have enough quality to be either. I would just say that I think Portugal can finish first in the group. That would be an advantage, just the way that the, the, the draw has, is looking like it's going to pan out with a, with a few teams underperforming and then some other teams doing better uh, than expected. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. And, Tom, we've had two games now and really amazing sort of feeling after, after what you said earlier, whether the draw felt like a win. And, and for so many neutrals and also Portuguese supporters, if I, can, if I can say that, so disappointed after a win. I mean, how, how has it affected your, your thoughts on Portugal as they're moving through this tournament? Well, we all know, you know, Celestal fans throughout history, apart from this... Uh, this kind of golden era under Santos. What was uh, what was our history? We just so often we played so well, played some beautiful football, and ended up getting beaten. And uh, this, you know, so far this tournament and quite uh, quite a lot under Santos in general, it's pretty much the opposite. You know, we play some not brilliant football, quite attritional football, quite uh, quite often, but we're getting the results, and that's the most important thing. Like I said, if asked anybody before the tournament. Uh, four points after two games. Yep, that would do nicely. So I think in terms of this World Cup as a whole, uh, I'm just loving it. I think it's really, uh, it's been fantastic to watch. I think the games generally have been quite high standard. Uh, and uh, I don't think there's any team <clears throat> which really look uh, look at them and you think, my God, if they came up against Portugal, they'd give us a and they give us a pounding. I don't think there's. I haven't seen one team like that. You know, you look at Brazil's squad, and you think, well, perhaps you know that is a little bit frightening. But the way they played their first game, you know, again, they weren't too impressive. So, yeah, I think all in all, uh, I'm quite optimistic. Mourinho, what's your thoughts on the on the just the perception of the Portuguese team, and um, you know, how has this this performance and victory against Morocco altered, if any, your perception of Portugal's chances in Russia? Yeah, I mean, obviously yesterday's performance was disheartening, but football is a results business. So I've always looked at football that way. Like I love the beautiful game, but when it's my team, as long as we win, I'm I'm not that fuss. Obviously, changes need to be made. Obviously, the personnel need to be changed. A few players, I don't know who's going to make way for who, but we'll see. But, I mean, we have the quality. We've seen how we can play. I think these two games were free games, like I said before. I don't think that is representative of how Portugal will play the remainder of the tournament should we get out of the groups. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still optimistic, just like Tom said. I mean, I don't think there's any reason not to be. We're undefeated. All our players are fresh. No one's injured. So, yeah, I mean, I think we should be more positive. Yeah, well, that's the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I, I just can't believe the way Portugal are perceived and, and treated generally by the majority of, of the media. Yeah, I don't get it. I think you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Most things in football are subjective, and uh, you know, three points is three points. Portugal with one foot in the door of, of the the round of 16. So, I'm staying positive. I'm I'm still riding that train and thinking Portugal can win the World Cup, and uh, and I'm going to stay on it. No 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 problem at all. So much more improvement here. I'm sure Sandos will figure out this left back uh, problem and and you know sort out these this problems we've been talking about with the wide players, particularly midfielders, struggling to make much of an impact, certainly against Morocco. But uh, I'm staying positive. Loving it. Watching basically every game of this uh, World Cup. My girlfriend is uh, 
worried about my relationship with the couch. But <laughs> apart from that, that's all good. Yeah. I think Guys, that's uh, I yeah. think that's a, a sentiment felt by uh, millions of people all around the world. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's a it's a phenomenon that seems to occur around every four years. Okay, gentlemen, <laughs> thanks for your uh, thanks for joining me once again, Tom. Enjoy the match against Iran. Okay, thanks, Matt. Look forward to talking about it. No worries, Mourinho. Nice to have you back and enjoy the match. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. All right, this has been the Portugal 2018 World Cup podcast. I was Matthew Marshall. Thanks for your company. Be nice to each other, enjoy the game, and be champions.